you think I'm crazy about this whole globalist regime thing. Well, it was a few episodes ago we talked about monkeypox, and I think you can see it's becoming a main subject, let's say. In fact, let's watch uh, this little clip here. Shall we? Now to monkeypox. More than 1,000 confirmed cases of monkeypox now being reported to WHO from 29 countries that are not endemic for the disease. And it is possible to control further onward spread of this outbreak at this time. Further onward spread of this outbreak at this time, with standard public health control measures, and and this includes contact tracing, surveillance, clinical care, isolation for people, and remembering that folks should remain isolated for as long as they are infectious. The sudden and unexpected appearance of monkeypox in several non-endemic countries suggests that there might have been undetected transmission for some time. So primarily exposed persons would be the ones that would be um, best placed to receive vaccine within four days of exposure. Uh, it could go up to 14 weeks, but really for the vaccine to be effective, as far as we know, again, we don't have a lot of information on the use of these vaccines, proposed exposure prophylaxis for monkeypox. Um, but uh, We don't have a lot of information on um, these VACC, INES. However, we know they're safe and effective. Okay, not going to get into this. But your scenes become a main subject. And a crazy part that I'm going to play in a second that comes after this is, have you ever read the book Sapiens? Or have you ever read, um, I think it's Homo Deus, which I believe means human God, or like the second human? Well, part of the World Economic Forum, which is what we're going to look at, a few clips that they have on their website under the Great Reset, explaining this Great Reset. Okay. And as well as some World Economic Forum videos, one that was Bill Gates was in a panel and you'll, you'll hear the, um, the host or, you know, the person mediating, uh, the conversation say there's a bunch of public and private partnerships going on, um, that we shall be very proud of that we all like agree to. And it's like surveillance. So it's crazy. So, but at first thing is I said, did you read the book Sapiens or Homo Deus? The author of that book is actually Klaus Schwab's top advisor. The book Sapiens, okay? The author of the book Sapiens and Homo Deus, which I think he wrote afterwards, is the top advisor to Klaus Schwab, who is probably and very likely to be the most evil man on the planet. He's the one with, the, with all the strings pulling all these really macroeconomic you know, famine and, you know, people starving and left behind. And he's a bad dude. In fact, if you don't know who he is, I think it's important to obviously know who he is. So let's watch his intro on the W World Economic Forum forward slash Great Reset. This, this is the video. I'm just going to play three segments from it. I'm going to start with Klaus because I think you should know what Klaus looks like. Here he is very delicate moment. The Forum is very much involved now, mobilizing all its stakeholders behind the so-called reset initiatives, which means to formulate, to use this window of opportunity to formulate um, policies and uh, action-oriented ideas. 
sustainable, more cohesive, and also more resilient. And of course, humanitarian. That's, that's Klaus. And I feel like what he's saying is there, and this is a lot about what they do is like these buzzwords. I feel like Klaus was thinking, okay, what are really feel good words that sound strong that people are like, uh, resilient. Yes. A more resilient world. Or, you know, we know we want people to come together. We want all people to be agreeable, cohesive. A cohesive. And wait, wait. He went, I'm excluded from something. An inclusive society. Oh, does, who doesn't want that? Everybody wants that. They use these general words of this utopian society that everybody wants to use. If you just blindly agree, next thing you know, everyone has the same thing, which is nothing and broke. And you have this totalitarian regime that has everything. And it's basically like North Korea. I mean, hey, by the way, I'm going into a little bit of a rabbit hole about North Korea, but that'll be a later episode. So that's Klaus Schwab. He's the one leading the Great Reset. He just explained what the Great Reset was. Now, I didn't know if you were aware or not that, you know, this is a great opportunity, that this moment in time, like Klaus Schwab, is really special to really take advantage and make policy out of it. Well, wait, 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 wait. Who's making policy? Do we vote for these people? Oh, wait a second. Are these people that were elected to, like, the World Health Organization or some world, you know, government entity that was elected in by already elected officials? Or are these people that were voted for by the people of the world? These aren't people that were voted for by the people of the world. If there are people ever making serious policy and they aren't people that we voted for, well, shit, I don't know why we work so hard to defend that and be like, huh, why don't we all question it? Because all of us together as a regular person is not as strong as these huge, these really powerful corporations and, as Klaus puts it, these stakeholder capitalists, okay? Who the fuck are these stakeholders? Did we vote for these stakeholders? Some of the stakeholders are Pfizer, Walmart, these massive corporations, Apple. Did we vote for them? Did I ever vote for them? I bought stock in Apple once, but, like, I didn't vote for them, Right? This is why C-E-N-S-O-R-S-H-I-P is dangerous. I think I spelled that right. Uh, algorithm thing. But did we vote for these people that are making these policies? I don't know, but I don't think so. I don't remember voting anyone to the World Health Organization or any Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. I don't know. Let's, let's watch another part of this same Great Reset meeting. All right, ready? One, one education. education. Education, very important. You mentioned it already. We, we worked with the Malala Foundation. I've been quoting this a lot. 50% of the girls that have, are out of school now because schools are closed are unlikely to go back to school. To school, because meanwhile poverty has taken the toll, and for girls that means exploitation and worse. And I've seen it. I was in Lebanon a few days ago. I spoke to many refugee families. They said we're sorry, we cannot send our kids back to school, and we need to marry our girl because that's that's the only way out of poverty. And the other big area that we need to be worried about is a bit less tangible: is the protection area, closed borders, out of necessity, 
push out, keep out people that need to cross those borders because it's vital for them. And that is something we've been focusing a lot. And of course, other more social aspects of protection. SGBV has skyrocketed in some areas with, uh, with uh, lockdowns and stigma grows in situation of pandemic. We've seen it throughout Ebola and we've already seen it now. Very easy scapegoat, refugees, displaced, migrants, foreigners. So something to watch as well. Thank you, so Thank you so much. And we're going to return to our panelists um, to have a conversation after we hear. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about what we just saw for a second. <laughs> Who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> Are you kidding me? So, first of all, he says women because girls, because of the pandemic, this is a horrible thing, by the way, that 50% aren't going back to school, which is awful. But then to just jump to, hey, if a woman can't go to school, what can she do? Let's see. She can sell herself. Um, she can sell herself. She can exploit herself. Or we marry her to a man because that's the only way out for a woman. What the fuck? Are you, wait, is there no way that a girl can go onto YouTube or, I don't know, like, Get one annual master class subscription and learn from all the best masters in the world. Can they read books? Can they look up videos on Google? Can they learn trades without paying a college institution an exorbitant amount of money that the value you receive back is literally a negative return on the value? Jeez. This is why they're not going to win because it's old school thinking. But he says it with like a smirking face, like the only way out. For a girl's exploitation. Well, damn. You go right to that? Come on. I don't think that's true. Yes, it's harder. And I hope that 50% that aren't in school end up going back to school. But why is he he's saying it's so cringe? He's saying it's so like, like creepy, like Mr. Burns, you know? Like, that's not how it feels. It just doesn't feel right. And so there, there's, one, there's one more part I want to play from the Great Reset, or, or it's two more parts. So, but I need to preface it like this. They, these people talk about the world as if it's just like a big business. Like, you know, one of the, it's like, a, it's like a giant, it's like a humanitarian, like PL, profit and loss statement and like balance sheet where it's like human capital, like expense. Like some people have salaries at companies. This is like the cost of a person to live on earth. That's what's on like Bill and Linda Gates foundation, like balance sheet. Like how many humans do we have at the end of the year? Like, that's what they're seriously doing. So they talk like, okay, we need proposals. When some people say they need proposals, it's for like a software or, you know, some sort of enterprise B2B thing. They're talking about proposals for like investing in like territorial areas where you will get humans back to like work it off on your plantation, like some really messed up shit. So when they talk about proposals, <laughs> this lady's talking about proposals for like very rich institutions like the Pfizer's, like the Walmart's to like buy this area of people. Just think about this in the like grandest context of the world and uh, see if you could follow. And hey, maybe I'm just a, you know, conspiracy theorist, but, you know, make your own determination. To work with local, local, local. And this, this so-called localization debate on which I, 
on which I've, I've led uh, as the so-called, I'm saying so-called eminent person, but that's the job title, uh, within the humanitarian system. But we're finding it very hard to make traction, and partly because the system itself is as resilient as donor countries may sometimes be. We need to work much faster and better, uh, UN agencies included, through local actors and partners. So we need to accept the risk. And in COVID-19 times, where there's neither access nor oversight, trust is a big pillar in this entire equation of our ability to reach those who need it the most. And we need to accept the risk that comes with it, both fiduciary risks to some extent, but also the political and reputational risk. And we're working with the ICRC uh, on risk sharing. Wait, 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 pause for a second. Pause for a second. So in a time of, she says, in a time of COVID where there is like not something nor oversight, like, like, like all of our most important government bodies that have like no oversight so they can just ask forgiveness rather than asking for permission. Is that what she's saying? Is that what it sounds like? Or am I nuts? It sounds like, hey, let's go for it and risk, you know, people looking at us like, you know, we're evil, like the people that we are, or, you know, we, uh, you know, do something on a, a, a judicial matter that's like illegal and we just ask for forgiveness or we try and pay off the person. Like they said, the problems are at the judicial level and then the political risk of like, hey, people discovering that like we're really bad people and like want to screw up this world. It's a risk we need to take to take over the world. Is that not what it sounds like? Here, let me get to the rest of her thing because sure what it sounds like to me, but you know, I get things wrong all the time. How is the humanitarian financing initiative uh, making progress? progress. Uh, it's working very hard, on, working the very hard on the pipeline of proposals, but I was just checking with my staff as well. It's a little bit frustrating to see that our entire collective finds it quite hard to sort of, to sort of fill the pipeline that investors, private sector investors, banks, and other individuals that are looking for new ways to finance and invest, because it is an investment in human capital, uh, and, uh, and investing in the protection agenda, agenda the pipeline of proposals itself is slower, is slower than, than anticipated. So, unfortunately, unfortunately the initiative itself, has, the initiative not itself has not been the panacea to deal with the additionality of needs. And I think that's a call upon all of us, and I'm doing the using this to invite everyone platform to too now to invite so everyone really to submit proposals uh, so we can now, really sort of do things. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for that. That was that was really good. Uh, I just want to use, you know, this platform to tell, uh, you know, donor countries and, um, you know, our stakeholders, like the biggest corporations in the world that have all the power, as well as, oh, we're also the U.S. government's our customer, Australian government and uh, Walmart and, you know, Pfizer, you know, and Microsoft and Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Um. Yeah, we just want to let you know we are looking for proposals. Just send them our way if you are looking for a couple million people as slaves. Or you just want to, I don't know, buy a territory. Or selling it all. Just don't tell anybody. And if they ask questions, we will survey you and we get you. Wait, I think they're surveilling us. Uh, Bill, are they surveilling us? No, I have. No, we're definitely not. In fact, here, feel sad. Beep. <laughs> they're going to be able to control our insides, which takes me. There's two more videos. The next one is just about that. Like I said at the beginning, the author of Sapiens and Homo Deus 
Yuval, uh, what's his name? Nora, uh, he's got three words in his name, but Yuval. This is a video of him. He is the top advisor to Klaus Schwab, the top advisor to the World Economic Forum. This is the guy who wrote a book about sapiens, like the most ever about like human history. He's the top guy for the person who wants to destroy the world and create a totalitarian global regime. That's Klaus Schwab. Watch this video, which I just came across, which is a few different snippets of his top advisor, this Yuval guy, who I believe is Israeli, he's also a professor at Oxford, um, talks about how unique this era is and really the special opportunity is hacking humans and, and getting to know what you feel on the inside. And the first time in human history, we can control you because of the way you feel, get under your skin. That's what's coming. Watch this. Like, watch this. And tell me if I'm nuts or not nuts. Let's see if I can get it up here. Oh, you know what? Before I do that. Oh, here we go. All right. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Let's play this. I hope this this is crazy. It's about, it's about power. Oh, I think... Maybe in a couple of decades, when people, decades when people look back, the thing they, the will, thing remember they will remember from the COVID crisis, COVID crisis is, this, is, is the this is the moment when everything, when everything went digital. Went digital. And, if, and, and this, is, this, this was the moment when everything became monitored. That we agreed, that we agreed to be surveyed, to be surveyed all, all the time. All, all the time. Not just in authoritarian measures, but, but even in democracies. Wait, 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 wait. When the fuck did I agree to that? Did you agree to that? I didn't get the memo. Did I, am I, did I drop a paper? We agreed to be surveyed? Huh? Yuval Noah Harari? We did? I don't remember that. And maybe most importantly, all, this was the this moment, was the moment when, surveillance when surveillance started going under the skin. Because, because really, really, we, we haven't, haven't seen, seen anything, anything yet. yet. I, mean, I think the, I think the, the big process that's happening right now in the world is hacking human beings. The ability to hack human beings. To understand what's happening within What makes you... What makes you... Wait, 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 wait. Really? The ultimate opportunity isn't like, hey, create like a really good productivity software that allows you to chat and share documents. It's getting under the skin of every human being and really knowing how they feel so you can affect the way they feel and make them do things that you want them to do with like predictive programming. Am I nuts or is it not conspiracy? And it's right in front of our eyes that they want to do this. And it's he's the lead advisor of Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab is the author of what book? COVID-19 slash The Great Reset. Go read the book. Klaus Schwab is the founder of the World Economic Forum, which is the organization implementing the worldwide Great Reset. Why don't you learn about the Great Reset? Let's get back to Yuval for a second, because this is nuts. This is the opportunity. This is how, geez, I feel like a peasant to think how I thought. I wanted to make a software. 
the most, most important data is not, not what, you what you read and who you meet and what you meet and what you buy, it's what's happening inside your body. So we had so these, we had these two big revolutions, the computer science revolution or the infotech revolution and the revolution, and the revolution in the biological sciences. And they are still separate, they are still separate but, they are about but they are about to merge. They are merging, they are merging around, around, I would say, the biometric sensor. It's the thing, it's the, it's thing, the gadget, it's the, gadget. It's the technology that converts, that converts biological, biological data, data into digital data, into digital that, data can data right, right, that can be and having the Oh my god. Hey, don't worry um, if the government's taking your data. They're only taking biological data with the sensor because this is the opportunity now to just know how everything about you and the way you feel and under your skin that, hey, don't worry if we sell your data. Don't worry if Google's working with China. Don't worry. Don't ask questions. Everything we say is safe and effective and right and shall not be questioned ever. The Great Reset is for everybody to be inclusive and equitable and together and loved. And what's a good word? Unified. Hey, last video I want to play. Isn't that freaky? That's the top advisor for Klaus. Now, talking about surveillance and saying that this is the time when we agree to be surveilled, if that's the right word. Really? Look at this panel of people. Who's the odd man out? You have, let me just spoil it. You got the presidents of countries. You got like people on like these like global boards. And then you have a software engineer created Microsoft. No questions though. And who are we going to start with? We're going to start with Bill Gates because he has the most to say. So interesting. Don't you say you take medical advice from a software engineer? No problem. Watch this though. Let me know when, when you remember agreeing to this. And this is on their YouTube page. Okay. This is the dot. This is World Economic Forum Davos. Um, this just happened. This was like May 28th. Take a listen. There's already some interesting examples of public-private partnership. Public -private that just partnership. Today. They're just happening um, today. Um, Comic Relief U.S. announced a $10 million pledge to the Global Fund, which is the first private organization to announce a commitment to the Global Fund's seventh replenishment. The World Economic Forum continues to support a number of public-private partnerships, including the pathogen surveillance initiatives. Private, and there's so that tongue for public-private partnerships. It's the PPP, baby. No, we're not giving out any more PPP, but it's the PPP. Public-private partnerships. We all partner to be public and we private and we're public. Public-private partnerships. Okay? It's good to have public-private partnerships. We definitely want the, the largest private institutions to be in partnership with our government, for sure. So... We have an esteemed guest list. We're going to start with the software engineer. Many other conversations happening. Many other conversations happening here at the World Economic Forum that point to the importance of public-private partnerships, and we're going to explore a little bit of that on the panel today. Before I introduce our esteemed panelists, just a little bit. We will have a little bit of housekeeping. Um, we will have a little bit of time at the end. Just a little bit of time, because oh, by the way. While Audience. we are doing a private partnership with the pathogens monitoring surveillance system that apparently we all agreed to, and she snuck that in there. Um, 
we're not gonna have much time for questions maybe just a couple and by the way we actually hired the people who are going to give the answers and the questions so or actually the questions our panels already paid for and spoken for so these are rehearsed but hey you could pretend to stand in line even though we have the first five people in line that are already part of the world economic forum oh man all right bill what do you have to say Please use Slido. Please Slido use Slido in order to submit your questions, and I'll Slido the Slido. Is this a Ponzi scheme to get everybody's like slide deck and PowerPoint? Because we have so many great startups and companies that World Economic Forum is getting when you Slido, so they can just take their presentations. That is probably a conspiracy theory. But Slido, come on, they seem to only use it the World Economic Forum. I wouldn't put my thing on Slido. No way. Use them here on my iPad, and if you are going to use social media, if you're going to tweet or mention this panel, please include the hashtag WEF22. So with that, let me introduce our panelists. Helen E. Clark is board chair, maternal partnership for maternal, newborn, and child health for the World Health Organization, and she's also the co-chair of the independent panel for pandemic preparedness and responsiveness. What does someone like that do their whole career to get that job? Like, what the fuck? This feels like it was made for the fucking pandemic. Like, what the fuck did she do for like 95 years? She looks like 106. So what was she doing? We also have with us, we're very fortunate to have- We also have with us, we're very fortunate to have President Paul Kagame, President of Rwanda. Followed by Bill Gates, co-chair of the Bill Bill and Melinda Gates. He's sitting like a schmuck. Look at him. His back posture is horrific. Are we going to take sitting advice from this guy? Look at him. He looks like a toxic, evil software engineer who participates in what he calls philanthropic, philanthropic capitalism, making as much money on human beings and just saying it's philanthropy. Foundation, Foundation as, well as, as well as the author, author of, of a new book about, about preventing the next, the next pandemic. pandemic. I definitely want to read that book. In fact, I saw it on the bookshelf. I, are you fucking out of your mind? Did he sell more than a thousand copies? We've seen so much more about the pandemic on TV than anything in the history of TV shows and, and programming. Who the fuck would get that book? It looks fucking stupid. Let's be honest. We followed by Frantz D'Souza, D'Souza, who is the President and Chief Executive Officer of Illumina, Inc. And finally, Peter Sands, who is the Executive Director of the Global Fund to Fight AIDS, Tuberculosis, and Malaria. Thank you all for being here. I want to start with Bill Gates. Your new book is titled, How to Prevent the Next Pandemic. But this... I don't know about you, but I swear, I don't know what else you could say about it except that that book sounds like it fucking sucks if anybody heard that was like oh shit i need to go on amazon and order that shit and get it in 24 hours because i can't wait to read it you are insane but i love you panel is about preparing for the next pandemic so is the next pandemic really preventable (laughs) now do you notice that when they say is the next pandemic preventable and literally Bill Gates has a grin on his face. Everybody on the stage laughs and everybody in the audience laughs who all took their private plane and said you should not have a carbon footprint, but the most private planes in one place ever is at the World Economic Forum. And then you got a slime ball, Bill Gates, who's in his chair like, 
like an asshole. We're going to like laugh to, and ask this software engineer if the next pandemic's preventable. Well, first of all, what the hell would he know about the pandemic or pandemics unless he was a part of another one? Because last time I checked, he made Windows 95, which was great. And then Windows 98, no one bought. And now he's trying to get fucking revenge on us. I swear to God, it feels that way. This guy's a worm. And he's got such bad posture. Whoever has terrible posture like that, and I don't have good posture, so question me. But he just looks like a fucking schmuck. I don't know. Let's get back to it. What do you have to say, Bill? Well, well the, the ideal is that, that when you have uh, outbreaks, outbreaks that you that detect you them detect early, early and you contain them before they go global, global. Um, you, you know, know, less than 2% of, of the deaths are in the first 100 days. Um, and, you know, infectious disease is an exponential phenomena. And so if you let it run, you know, then it's very difficult to rein it back in. The true exemplars, you know, the variance between the death rates in countries with similar GDPs is quite dramatic. You have almost, you know, a factor of 50 between the good performers and the poor performers, where sadly the U.S. is in that poor performer Oh, Bill Gates just giving his report card saying the U.S. <laughs> isn't that poor performer because, you know, it's you know kind of a free society and that's not good for our dictatorship. And by the way, let's let's once laugh, guys, because I, I talk like this in the next pandemic. Let me tell you what to do. Isolate lockdown and I will instruct you on what is next. Uh, category. Uh, category. And there's clear and there's things, clear that, things they that they did uh, uh, if those if were done, done uh, early around the outbreak, then you, then you could prevent it from spreading to lots and lots of countries. So that certainly should be the goal is to not not let it go, go global. And we'll explore some of those very specific things that countries and I'm glad we're going to revisit that and figure out for sure what Bill Gates thinks of how the countries did during the pandemic. And Bill, thank you for the book of preventing the next pandemic. If that is a bestseller on like the New York Times or something, I will no longer trust ratings or rankings and know that it's all about money and connections. So if you ever see that win an award for any type of book, there's corruption at the highest level in the book industry. And I'm not going to stand for that. And Kindles. That's ebooks and regular books. Nuh-uh. You make those rankings official by the people and for the people. That's no joke. So I don't know about you, but I don't like the people or officials that we didn't vote for trying to do the Great Reset and running the world and talking about proposals where in the same room you have the massive governments of the U.S. government, the China government, in the same room as massive corporations like Walmart, you know, like a, bi a biological weaponized company like a Pfizer or something like that, Moderna. They're all in the same room. There is a conflict of interest if, if the U.S. and like Pfizer are doing business together and paying them for the solution and one's causing the problem and the one's causing the solution and they just go in a cycle in like an oligopoly. It's not good for anybody. I don't know. You let me know what you think because maybe I'm crazy. I think I'm spot on. But hey, we'll see if monkeypox is here. We'll see if the Great Reset is true. And if you disagree... Put it in the comments. I want to read it. I want to read it. I really, really do. All right. Thanks for listening.